Hello, and welcome back to Decentralizing Big Media. I'm your host, Jordan Erbs. I also go by a wild Gorshan. And with me today is Professor Johnny Gray Balls. Yeah, again. Again. We have set aside every Monday morning to create a space where we talk about this subject and thematic matter because it's important to us. And we both have creative projects that are super based around how can we reconstruct our perception of the world using digital media. That is the theme. Decentralizing is a nice buzzword to use in the title. (laughs) That is an important part of our philosophy, though it may not be the crux of it all. However, that's what Polenia seeks to do in a lot of ways. How do we make a decentralized big media production studio that's not just owned by peddlers of influence and gatekeepers, but actually put forth by the communities that work together and collaborate to get really cool media made? And if we manage a system where the creator economy can really flourish in helping us work together and enhance our creative processes together, then perhaps a decentralized big media ecosystem is possible and we no longer have to rely on the mainstream for their entertainment, for their news, for their opinions, for all their bullshit, basically. To me, uh, an important part of this is just empowering people, feeling like they have the ability to... Uh, voice what is in their soul to, to get out in this in whatever media form that they can get it. Yeah, sure. And which leads us to what we're doing today. Speaking of empowerment, and that is the moving the mic. <laughs> that is the video storytelling guide. So the video storytelling guide is a brief introduction is a, you guessed it, a guide that I created a couple years ago during the lockdown. And it's something that just kind of came to me as a video editor. I was thinking, okay, I'm always taking on clients. They want to make a promo video or I'm going to shoot a video with someone that wants to put their brand out there and make themselves more relatable. There's got to be a formula here that we can tap into that's more basic and simpler, perhaps, than the typical three-act structure, which you do whole college-level classes to learn about, right? Mm -hmm. And to really be able to structure a story that's engaging and, you know, write a book and go through the hero's journey Uh, and all that is great and it's powerful and it's super relevant if you're an artist with the time to craft stories. But in the case of many people that are just hustling and trying to make online media and trying to relate to their potential demographics, their audiences, how do we become humans? How do we relate to others? How do we share how powerful our product or service or brand is? How do we how do we connect on a budget and probably with a time crunch? And that's where the video storytelling guide comes from is here is a formula that we can all follow that has a worksheet built in so you can answer the questions as it goes and then it's automatically sent to us and then we can work with you later to really to, 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 to zoom in to really refine your story so then you can go out on your own and capture all the footage so you don't need to hire a videographer with fancy equipment you take your nice iphone x r whatever they're at these days take that you go into 
cinematic mode. You take some shots of your house or your business, your restaurant, whatever it might be. You take some interviews with people that have used your product. You, you shoot yourself as a selfie saying what it is. Like it can really be that basic, but you got the content figured out using the guide. So you just have a checklist of things to collect. And from there you can slap it all together in the Pele portal as storytelling mode, a new project storytelling mode. And then you can just upload each file to which category it belongs. Part one, part two, part three, B-roll, audio, environment shots, and so on. So without further ado, we're going to head to videostorytelling.guide, which is the platform. And should we just go through this one page by one page, Professor, or how, how are you feeling? Um, we can. I'm most intrigued by the four main components. Uh, That's probably the most important part. We can start there. So where is that one? That's part four, telling the story, or part three, organizing the story? Part three, organizing the story. So we're zooming to part three. Let's take our project, a service, event, product, charity, etc., and approach it as if it has a life of its own. Somehow, either directly or indirectly, it is meant to affect people and or their environments. This is what gives your product value. And that's what audiences will hopefully want to interact with it if you've related well enough in your story. So your message, call to action. What is our message? At the end of the day, the message is gonna be what your audience takes away from this video. So what's the message of Professor Grayballs stuck in the internet watching music videos? Well, I feel like the the message is different depending on which music video Professor Grayballs may be talking about. But I feel like the overall message is just trying to figure out this existence that we're in and using the music videos as a um, an entry point to discussions about this wild ass, whatever is human experience that we're having this timeline, this timeline. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So what's the call to action? What are audio? What, after they watch your episode, what are they called to do? What are they, should, what do they feel like doing? Hmm. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. Again, I guess that depends on what, what the music video is. Well, that's um, no, 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 it doesn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It, this needs to be something that s spans the whole spectrum of, of the channel of the work mm -hmm. of this project. Mm. What is this project meant to do? What is the one line mission statement? I believe it would be to edutain. To edutain. So as in the default here, it says my story's message is to inspire someone to interact with my brand. Are we looking for interaction? That's a good question. Commentary forums, right? After you have these episodes, these mixtapes, and you're sitting down like Mr. Science Theater 3000 commenting on them, what is the audience supposed to do? Mm. Hit subscribe, because chances are they're already paying for some of this content. Mm. Maybe if we're talking about your teaser YouTube channel, then you want them to subscribe to the mixtape feed. Hmm. Right. Well, <clears throat> if that's, uh, hmm. Okay. We'll come back to it. We'll think about it with the components. The, well, what I'm thinking about is, you know, 
because I would love to have people feel free to interact in whatever ways they want, but I don't want to be um, responsible for responding. <laughs> you know, I uh, I want it to be just to be put out there as content and have a life of its own that can be um, commented commented upon if desired, but. So it's just content, good old fashioned content. People can co- comment on the YouTube channel, but that's it. You're yeah. not trying to build a community out of this. We're not trying to, you are trying to sell subscriptions, but it's not even really you doing that. It's the music. Yeah. And I mean, I would love for there to be a community, more of a music video community of, of lovers and protectors of this art, uh, since it is in danger in some ways from endangered art from youtube um Mm. just just messing up its its own content because i think we've touched on this a little bit before but you may notice if you watch youtube that they flash options for next viewing onto the screen before the video is actually done Uh, so therefore many many videos are getting their endings are getting messed up by YouTube. And uh, sometimes it's it's pretty tragic to... Uh, Anything they can do for more views, that big tube. Well, here's the very confusing part of it, is the options that it flashes before the end of the video seems like... They're just erroneous because they're not the options that appear after the video is over. You can scroll down for hundreds of videos on that same screen that you're on and not see those options again. So it's it's very odd. I I don't understand what YouTube is getting out of messing up the ending of their of videos just to get people clicking on a new video a few seconds before they would click on it typically. Well, in my, I haven't used YouTube in a while, but I remember you could put annotation cards or whatever at the end of the video. Mm-hmm. It's like there are other videos from the same channel. Check mm-hmm. out my channel, subscribe or like visit my website. Right. It's not those. Sometimes the creator themselves put those on. And in the case of your example that you brought up, it's the Vivo channels. Well, yeah, Vivo. Uh, and the example I was looking at last night it was for a video ironically titled Fuck It Up uh, by Iggy, Iggy Azalea. And because the ending is getting fucked up is why it's ironically titled. <laughs> Because at the end of this video, there is a message written in text of it seems like a a positive message from Iggy, just kind of summarizing the video. Basically, it seems like it's saying, hey, get out there and fuck it up in a good way. But you can't really tell exactly what it is because there's these options on the screen. So you can't read the message. You spent five minutes watching this video. And here comes this message from the hero of the video, Iggy Azalea. But you don't know what it is. You just, you know, potentially kind of wasted five minutes of your life <laughs> you know, for this thing. All the old adage, the medium is the message. Mm. So in this case, 
what is the medium to begin with as is pure form was video over music tell a story with the song mm-hmm. right yet what is it meant to be it's entertainment like no matter how artistic it is it's always something to entertain because that's what mm-hmm. art does even if it's entertainment doesn't always have to be like whoa i'm having such a good time no it's engaging right mm-hmm. it's bringing you into some to something some human experience mm. so the medium is the message first off it's a music video so it's automatically in that in that realm of it's just meant to entertain put some music on give you something visual to look at but now we've got like a a simulacrum of the medium because it's a box on a youtube window so you're you're probably looking at who goes full screen on music videos? You know what I mean? Like I put music videos on like in a tab and then I keep going back to work and maybe I check back in or I put it on the side of my screen and I look at it every few seconds, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'm just not in the right demographic, but I don't watch music videos. Even if it's my favorite artist, it's still just going to be there in the, on the side, unless it's maybe something super cool. And maybe that's the whole point of your project is there's super cool music videos that will engage you the whole time. And we don't even know about them. But my point is the medium itself isn't just a video now. It is an embedded video player window on a screen on your browser, a tab of your browser, which is showing other things, advertisements, comments, and as you've so diligently noted, click here to watch this, click here to see the message, click all this shit all over the window. And you can't just enjoy what this piece was. So the medium has just become advertising. <laughs> that is the message of what music videos become when they're on YouTube windows. Yeah. I mean, that, that is true. And I guess my confusion comes from what is it advertising and what is the immediacy that can't wait a couple more seconds? The immediacy is the attention economy, Professor. It's the attention economy. Mm. Like before these kids click away, put something there. Keep them on the track of making more money for my channel and my platform. But here's here's what they're doing. They're already doing that. It's just taking several more seconds and that that screen is going to be filled with options. And the options that are on the screen while the video is still going on is (laughs) sorry, figuring out some mic stuff here. The options that are on the screen while the video is still going on is like for this Iggy Azalea video, for example, one of the videos that pops up, it's just two videos that pops up or two options. One is a visualizer for a Z- Iggy Azalea song that's like two minutes long. Not a very good thing to look at. I, I clicked on it and looked at it. <laughs> Uh, and the other option is from Vivo and is a music video playlist of 93 videos. So imagine the specific specificity of the type of person that is excited about these options that is sitting at their computer watching the entire five minute video of Iggy Azalea and getting to the end message, not being able to read the end message and is saying, great, I didn't care about that anyway. I'm ready to watch this two minute visualizer. I can't wait another second. Either that or I've got to watch these 93 random hip hop videos. 
No way I'm going to wait another five seconds. Not to mention advertisements. <laughs> but you know what it is, too? Like I said, the people like me that are just putting them on in the background to listen to the music. Which is a beautiful that, option with music videos. Yeah. Or maybe like we said, it's on a different, you have three screens on your desk. You put it on that screen over there. So you have a music video in the back. I used to do that. I would put like Vikings on or some like super violent show while I was working. Just I wouldn't watch it, but it was just like the energy of it felt good to have it there. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Check into the story here and there. Right. Get some good fighting noises to get you. Get you pumped up to work on taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But my point is, is that I think the demographic of YouTube isn't there to watch music videos. It's there for exactly that. Because what happens if you don't click it? You don't click anything or you just wait. A new video will come on. Mm-hmm. A new video will just come on after it waits 10 seconds because you didn't click anything because you weren't looking at the fucking window to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even an advertisement comes on before the video. Well, that's okay. So that's a good point here because everybody's different. Everybody wants different options. I've opted to not have videos continue playing on my YouTube options. So it'll just stop. But But here's an option you don't have. Even if you pay YouTube for their subscription service, these random options are still going to interrupt your video screen, even if you're paying them money. Right. Because the get, creator, the you channel won't get chooses. the ads. I guess, I guess so. Maybe the channel does. The channel choose. chooses. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. They're saying that even if you're paying YouTube for the premium service, it doesn't matter because this particular issue is going to be there regardless because the creator can do that. So this makes this makes it even more confusing to me of why this is an issue because it's the creators. It's Iggy Azalea. That's like, yeah, this is cool. No, it's vivo. Is it Iggy Azalea vivo? Well, Iggy Azalea is one of the options, but it doesn't even matter actually. And if it's vivo, that's the same deal. They're paying however much they're paying to own this video or be able to play it and make some money off of it for however long they got it. And they're, fucking up the video and advertising themselves, which they could easily do at the end of the video. <laughs> five seconds later. Five seconds yes. later, but they're not doing that. Okay, hang on. I'm just going to interject. First <laughs> off, I just want to say some videos actually end, fade out, and then something comes on with some background music and a montage of other things while then you see the the, the, the options. Mm-hmm. That, that, that used to happen. I don't know. I haven't used YouTube really in a long time, but I, I remember that option. And it's, it's different for so many videos. This okay. is not the case for but every But what I want to say is video. I want to loop this back to Plenia and the whole point of just this decentralizing big media podcast, as I noted on in this introduction of, of this conversation here, is the issue fundamentally is profit-motivated media. You're creating media to get clicks. You're creating media to get more attention, which brings you more advertised advertising views, which brings you more money. So it doesn't matter if it's if it's Vivo or or Izzy fucking Azalea. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. All of them want to make money. Even me, right? Like I'm gonna go on video, like on YouTube. Oh, I have ten thousand subscribers. I can make money. Oh, cool, hundred bucks a month. I'll take it, right? Like, mm-hmm. why not? Just put some ads on. People have to watch it. Use an ad blocker, right? Like this is 2022. But the point is, is that is the platform. That is YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's what it offers you. Make money with advertising. That is the medium you're consuming the art upon. Through, with, right. Through. But this particular thing. 
And I would, I would need to talk to like maybe some YouTube experts to figure out how it connects to the advertising because the advertising is still happening. They're still making money on ads, but because you're keeping someone on your channel. Uh-huh. You're keeping someone in the network of the content you want them to see because it enriches you in some way. But <laughs> it's not playing that content. It's flashing the content that they want you to click on for a few seconds only to collaborate on ruining the video. If you're a person who's like, I'm, a, I'm cool with this ending. So of- this is a conspiracy. <laughs> There's some nefarious intention behind this, it sounds like. Either consciously or subconsciously. Well, either that- way, it sounds to me like what you're proposing here, and maybe this is what the Professor Greenbelt project is. Your pro- the message here is, hey, come to this new place to watch music videos because you can appreciate them for what they are. That's part of it, yeah. Maybe that is the main thing, which is why you're offering music video mixtapes. That's the service you're going to offer. So I'm going to write that. My story's message is to uh, inspire viewers to come view music videos the way our grandmothers did. Yeah, the way our forefathers... (laughs) Our forefathers encouraged. Encouraged music videos to be looked at. So originality just came into the, the studio. <laughs> that mic is not on. We're going to press pause while we plug in a, a microphone for, for Ridge. Again. Okay, we're back. Originality, Ridge, and how do you go by Brian these days? Be conscious? Just Yeah, I'm pretty nameless, but Brian's a good one. Be conscious is another good one. Whatever the people like. You know. The nameless Brian has joined us. Yeah. Okay, Professor Grayballs, what are we looking at on screen here? Okay, this is an example of what I've been talking about. This is the Iggy Azalea video for Fuck It Up. And I've just paused it at the end of the video. And this is the message, the positive message that is summarizing the whole video. Confidence is the best of rock it, own it, fuck it up. Am I not saying the whole thing? So, yeah, part of it is getting cut off. So confidence is the best Oh, something. We don't know that part because there's an option for to click on Iggy Azalea's Posh Spice Visualizer, Video. which I have clicked on and watched. And it is basically three or four clips from another Iggy Azalea video that have been strung together to create a visualizer for this song. And the other option is... <laughs> a Vivo teen hip hop and R&B playlist of 411 videos. So, and these are options that will be on the screen specifically to ruin the ending of this video and go away after that and not be included in the options that YouTube presents a few seconds from now at the actual end of the video. So this goes back to what I was saying. Like, take it out of full screen. Who's the channel? It's a Vivo channel. They're trying to keep people in their network of videos that when you watch, they make money. Can you scroll down? Sure. Who's the channel? Iggyazela. Yeah. So it's Vivo, right? Are those Vivo things that it's advertising? No, it's advertising the Posh Spice video. Go to that playlist. Click the teen hip hop playlist. Who's it by? It's Vivo. It's Vivo. Yeah. And I don't really know what Vivo is, but as I've seen it, it's like the cartel of mainstream music videos on YouTube. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's exactly right. Imagine the like the stuffy suit business guys of Wayne's World that are going to take over that. It's like Vivo. So what are you confused about? You're on YouTube. It's a platform meant for advertisers to get their thing out there and for people to make money. What are you confused I'm, about? I'm confused, but also I just think it's a phenomenon that Iggy Azalea, her and her team have spent time and a good bit of money to create this creation and have this message at the end of seeming like it's a pretty positive message and they don't give a fuck. (laughs) They're like, here's this other thing to cover up. We're going to mess up all the time and money we spent on this thing. And Vivo bought the thing and they don't give a fuck. And they're <laughs> they're ruining the ending just to advertise their 411 video playlist. What do they get out of it? What does Iggy Azalea get out of it if someone clicks on her visualizer? Well, I think what's the benefit? I Go think ahead. it's kind of like what Jordan was saying in terms of it's keeping the attention more than delivering the message. So if they can keep the attention on the platform that's having the money and the advertisement and the revenue, then it doesn't matter what or who is on it. It's just how long you keep someone on that. But my question is, how is this more attention getting than the options that are there that people can click on if they just wait a few seconds or they don't even have to wait a few seconds. They're right here in the side screen. They can just click on them at any time if they well, want what to. What if they're full screen, Johnny? If they're full screen, YouTube has a fun option where you can scroll down anyway. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I never, I never that. knew that. And you can click on it regardless. Wow. Okay. Well, so this, you could just keep going down the rabbit hole and, following breadcrumb trails like i mean i've never even i don't even know who iggy azalea was and i'm curious why you're watching her music videos but like what is why are they making well, these videos to begin with like why did mtv start all of it is just to make money mm-hmm. it's not about the art like but maybe some artists this? have gotten lucky what's his name chris cunningham like that guy's videos were cool the apex twin like some video some people have gotten super lucky because they got to make a lot of money doing art for mainstream artists like don't get me wrong but the whole point of it just like the marvel movies is to make money how does this make more money that's my question but they don't care it doesn't matter they can slaughter the art afterwards the whole point is it's there to make money and each is just a new but layer how does of money it make more money than not ruining the ending of the video how does it make them more money it's keeping their attention in the network i, feel like yeah, I don't think america, i don't think americans are very um, media literate how is it even keeping attention more <laughs> <laughs> I like that okay, sentence. So let, let's, just get, let's just get back on the rails here. The whole point is Professor Grayballs is going to be a, a series of videos, maybe a YouTube channel, that is all about commenting on music videos <laughs> and how they help explain the zeitgeist of the day. Like, why would you see this in a music video? I like this. I don't like this. Whatever. You're going to comment on music videos, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So then what we were trying to do is look for what is the message of all of this? The message, like you were saying, it's entertainment. So people should start thinking a little more critically, perhaps, after they're watching your content. Maybe so. 
That's, okay. That's the hope anyway. Yeah. So what you're, what you're talking about is a meta aspect of the content because it's all about the platform it's on. Mm-hmm. So really the solution is just put these on a different platform that doesn't have bullshit at the end of it. And then boom, you don't have to deal with this. The problem is people want to make money. So they go to this platform. That's what this all comes down to. Mm-hmm. And then we can just keep going out. That's why MTV was started. That's why Hollywood was started. Like all of it's just to make money. None of it is pure art. Mm-hmm. None of it was ever supposed to be pure art. So I'm just going to bring this back to the whole point of millennia. How do we decentralize big media? How do we make it about the art? How do we make content about us as creators? How do we make this? About, the first step is probably the platform. Put our art on platforms that aren't sm- smothering advertisements or whatever at the end of your channel, which maybe it's you're choosing it. But the point is, that's the integrity. That's the intention of this platform from the ground up. Make money. Sure. I get that. <laughs> I just don't understand how it's making money. So this is triggering for you. Yes. It's- and I uh, I love this opportunity to, to bring up this very confusing thing that, or at least for me, it is confusing. Um, because neither, none of us have the answers to it, but somebody listening to this may have an answer or have not even thought about it before. And that person might be, uh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> And could fix it. <laughs> Let me ask any of you a question. Have you ever made a music video? Of course. You, yeah. How course. do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel? And I'm not accusing, right? Because I'm in the same situation half the time with any video I make. How do you feel about there being an advertisement before anyone watches it? Because the channel it's on chose, I want to make a few bucks here and there because I don't make any other money from my art. Maybe well, I'll make a few bucks. It depends on the uh, advertisement and uh, for me, it's all about like, what are we supporting? You know, at the end of the day, it's not really about like making money or anything like that. It's about, I'm always looking at the hundred year, you know, finish line, like the vision after the vision. So if it was something that's, you know, supporting maybe like, you know, planting trees or community building, then that advertisement's. That's, that's a good advertisement. I'd take that any day before a music video. If it's something supporting, you know, Nike or um, any type of exploitative. Yeah, just anything, you know, then I'm, I'm not really obviously interested. But I mean, I think that advertisement, like, you know, there's a couple of keywords going off here, like um, attention. Attention is power. So just to, you know, maintain your attention is the. Um, is the goal for a lot of this from there and just because that's uh even if it's distracting you and puts you in a different place you know i think it's really just um yeah it's it's powerful to retain attention and what you may do with that may be frivolous or it may just be um you know powerful but I think uh, a lot of times they obviously just trying to just keep us uh entertained keep us on to the next thing they They'll put 412 windows in front of you just that way you click one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter what's what's coming next. But advertisement can be very, you know, can be very powerful. It can also be very destructive. A lot of times we take in more advertisement than we, you know, even are um, aware of. So I think those things are leaving subconscious like desires and 
you know, um, kind of changes the motive. Of your- Those are present subtly inside music videos anyway. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of subliminal <laughs> stuff going on. A lot of subliminal stuff. Yeah. A lot of subliminal advertisement to, for, you know, gold or sex or even just like alcohol and, you know, anything that they can really um, continue to throw in front of you just to not be still and absorb actual music i mean a big thing with me and the music that is on the mainstream media is obviously it's out of you know the natural frequency it's um a lot of it's 440 or you know kind of like out of 432 just locks you in your root chakra just keeps you very in a primitive state survival or sex or lust or things like that and i think the music videos too also try to glamorize a lot of that and bring that into uh into uh you know into into culture to where we are now adapting this sense of um what we see we portray you know monkey see monkey do type behavior what you hear you become what you um what you speak you become so you know everyone's imitating these artists whether it's i don't even know this girl what's her name izzy Iggy. Iggy. Iggy Azalea. Yeah, shout out to Iggy. I've not <laughs> seen you once or twice on a Spotify song, but you know, I never even watched the one of the music videos. I've been kind of It's funny about music videos and you mentioned like gold and bling because it's like the most monkey shit possible. Like yeah. look at the bling shiny. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to clarify that not all music videos are are doing that. No. It's uh it's a one's that stereotype. Are. Are hidden. You've created. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They're instilling all these values and, and almost like social, it's like enforcing social conformities. Like this is the media all the kids are consuming. I would like to distinguish uh, what we're, what we're talking about as far as advertising is, is different from what we're talking about before. This is my, my issue with this, this type of advertisement is that it is right over the music video it's not coming before or after it becomes part of the art that we're trying to witness uh which is therefore even more confounding that uh so many artists are okay with this and so many consumers well i i think from because he just brought up brian um the notion of they're hidden so when we're on a platform like this when it's not community-based um we don't know what the gatekeeping looks like at all like i don't i don't know what the algorithm's feeding me i don't see the transparency i don't know community clarity at all so i think what's dangerous with the monkey see monkey do is they can present it as though something's more popular when they are the gatekeepers they can they can say there's more views but technically they're showing people it more so that's the only reason there would be mm-hmm. more views on top of it. If you can manipulate anything on it, you can manipulate the numbers. And it's the same idea of like outrage and like a lot of woke culture and stuff. If you can convince yeah. thousands, millions of people that everyone's upset by the tweets of 40 people, right. Then everyone will start to think, Oh, this is the, this is the status quo. Yeah. Which it isn't. <laughs> that's not how people are. But everyone thinks, oh, I got to be quiet. I can't say these things. But then behind closed doors, maybe with people you're comfortable with, you do say these things. But you're not allowed to go into the 
public square to say these things because they go against the status quo that they artificially fucking created to manipulate your mind. Well, in media theory, we call that the spiral of silence so that the loudest message is the dominant message and the messages that can be quieted or silenced. You just don't hear it all. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the problem with not knowing the not knowing how we're getting our information really not knowing who's in charge of the information i would say the gatekeeping is the is kind of the the key of it all yeah just the power (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of control so i think um this episode we were going to go into the more the components of a of a video as far as the storytelling guide goes but i think it's fine to focus here on on messages and before you guys got here we're talking about the medium is the message and if we're talking about entertainment or anything you're watching on a screen it's entertainment right unless it's a source of light right that's there's no other message it can be it's something to distract you there's something to put you into another space that's entertainment even if it doesn't matter if it makes you happy laugh sad distracts you from reality it's entertainment that's what something on a screen essentially is and we try to make other messages available like through information or something you would read in text but when we're on YouTube and there's a layer of advertisement over that and a player and things like you don't even get, it's like a, a, it's a false simulation of as if you're watching a music video, right? You're watching people perform it on stage, like right in front of you. It's like straight up real. But then a music video is like this piece of art that's creating this reality for you to escape into. But then when we put on top of that medium, we put the medium of advertising in this platform. That's just all about making money. Then that's the medium. That is the message. Mm. Just advertising and money. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, well, who said that Marshall McLuhan, or I read it in amusing ourselves to death. Neil Postman, but he talked about it back in the 80s. Like TVs are like paperweights. Like, what is their pure function? Paperweight are a source of light. Anything else, like if we're watching the news on it, it's entertainment. It's not meant to be for information coming at you because that's not how we do information as like primal human. What do you mean? We can't get information from that, or what? Do you- no, no, we can, but the way—well, I don't want to misquote any of the book or the story, but maybe I shouldn't talk about terms of text and reading things because we can attribute that to a book. But when you're watching someone on screen tell you what's happening in the world, they could literally be saying anything, mm, and sure. you're just believing it. But in reality, that's a simulation of a person. It's not a real person. If a real person was just lying to your face right in front of you day after day, making shit up, eventually you just see it in their body language. You'd be like, I don't like want to be around this person. Like, so when you're watching it on a screen, it's easier for the monkey, the monkey body to take over because it's shiny. It's bright. The blue light captures your attention and you want to keep staring at it. It's addictive. And when you're in that trance, someone could say anything and you're far more apt to believe it. So that's what I mean. Like we're not, we don't really, uh, primarily, take information in through a screen we take it in through others yeah mm-hmm. mm. do you guys know the legal difference between <clears throat> broadcast and cable no so when uh like news or television is on, is on broadcast it has to serve the people because as we the people we own the space the waves the waves whereas when it's cable any news can be on cable and it doesn't have to tell the truth wow mm. and that's why like game of thrones is on cable 
and also like Fox News and CNN is on cable. And so they get to tell their perspective. And like you said, it doesn't have to be truth. It could be anything. Yeah, because it just became a, a means of like get the cable package because it has all these channels or whatever, <laughs> right? Or get the satellite thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Great, so yeah. are, are there is there any news still on the actual waves? We have to like tune in with an antenna. I did that growing up. I don't know. I haven't done that. And that's why like the internet, all the platforms, you're you're paying them and you're signing agreements. Mm-hmm. Like we're literally signing consent. Away. They can just lie to you, yeah. And you Especially have to be cool if you with it. read it, read it. Which I don't know if any of no. us really read it, read it. Who's <laughs> got the time? <laughs> that monkey brain doesn't. <laughs> no way. <laughs> got to get back to staring at videos. I, I, I think this is just a. I guess loop it, loop it around to what I was talking about before with YouTube and how it seems like. Because I agree with you. It is. It does seem like it's about money and keeping attention in some way, even though I don't know the ways. But it seems like it's infecting so many parts of society. Uh, I guess what's popping into me immediately is Netflix, another platform where there is <clears throat> you can see it on any of their shows. If you watch it to the end of the credits, they want to blast through the credits. Um, yeah, yeah. And you gotta you gotta be on it with your remote control game to hit that button to watch the credits. Maybe you're curious <laughs> about it. Maybe you're like me and just want a goddamn second to sit with what you've just, <laughs> just enjoyed watched. to incorporate that into your life in some way. And maybe there's a cool song that they're playing over the credits. Happens quite frequently in Stranger Things. And you just want to vibe out to that song for a second. But you can't. Because Netflix is blasting you to the next episode. For what reason? You've already, you've already paid for the service. Or you're, st- you're borrowing it from a friend. <laughs> or, and you know, they're not making, so they're not making any extra money. They're at best getting you to watch something a few seconds earlier than you would normally watch it. Well, it keeps it rolling. I mean, you know, like if you think about like. But how are they? Are they making more money off of that? Of course. It's kind of like the old, like when you. But how? Because uh, if you have a goddamn second to relax and absorb what you just saw, you might think to yourself, I should go get some fresh air. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Instead, if you get rolled into the next similar similar thing, you're going to be binge watching. They're creating a series of binges. You don't watch the next thing netflix still makes the same amount of money whether you're watching or not watching so it doesn't seem like no 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 they should care because there's the unseen amount of like you know like it's it's almost like this is a little far stretch but say you know you have a say you're a drug dealer and you know you, you give out some free coke then, you know, yeah, sure, you lost the eighth of free Coke at the party, but then you just, you're going to have, you know, by Monday, you know, five or six dozen people hitting you up for what will be. How does that compared to the Netflix episodes? Well, because Netflix is like, <laughs> it's a, like, Netflix is like, <laughs> not at all. I've always wanted to make this analogy. <laughs> but Netflix is like pure cocaine. Like once you get a bump, mm-hmm. then, you know, your dopamine, everything starts getting, you just start 
sinking into your little comfort zone and the next thing you know you're you're in i mean I, i've been experiencing a lot especially with my own uh, current depression i mean i've been really depressed here recently losing a three-year-old and you know different kind of things going on in life that's really just kind of sunk me into just being very entertained and um and less of myself unless i go out you know like, then which is what we're we're kind of talking about here which is hard to get away from the pool but i i've definitely been already seeing it how it, it gives you just like any any other substances just like a little bump little bump little bump and then once you get your you know fulfilled it drops something you like you get you know um stranger things season four and then you're running around that for you know maybe binge it for a week or something because you run through it but i mean a lot of people are spending a lot of time inside they have put people inside since 2020 yeah. and they're and they're trying to keep us inside they want us more so separated and inside and just watching the you know and take taking in that visual cocaine that netflix that that constant just escape and like you said you brought into a funny perspective which i started pondering on like you know I'm actually not, I haven't been reflecting with any of the stuff I've been watching. I've been just constantly allowing myself to just be distracted because it's like, I don't want to have to deal with certain parts of my own reality, which I feel is very relatable to a lot of people right now, more so than no it was shit. in the 90s, you know, like in the 90s before this technology and advancement, yeah. before this gain, we had, you know, that that was like I mean I was watching who what Vanilla Ice saying he was like the last of actual you know style and character and like music videos then and everything then was actually like it was original it was fresh we stopped evolving in that in that sense of like art and um, you know everything now has just played off it's, it's coming back to a to just a repetitive cycle and that's how I feel like even our energy collectively we kind of fell off and we're just like repetitively spinning our wheels going around in circles and just like you know trying these same things that we know ultimately aren't gonna satisfy but they they mend the moment you know and netflix is definitely one of those things that you can just like constantly it'll just keep throwing in your face for that reason they know people are hit they know people want to be you know in, in, in a way and if you're not there yet they're pushing you to that with the state of the world and also to like how what they're feeding you and offering you, you know, Netflix as as exemplifies how the art of storytelling has become a science of manipulation yeah, and yeah. influence and if you notice I feel like a lot of it's too very funny because there's a lot of um pre you know note of things i don't know how to really explain it. like they'll they'll put things out very much what do you call it just foreshadowing yeah when they just they'll throw it in your face and then two years later it's like in a, a cv or themes. movies yeah. yeah and then and then surely you know we follow up with it, a half it normalizes. A they normalize topics yeah, they get you they get you yeah. used to it and then they, and then it's just a part of your reality you know and, and it's because of like sorry excuse me like this the vulnerability that is created through your relationship with a character on screen. Mm -hmm. It activates all mm -hmm. the neuroreceptors mm -hmm. of your brain. Like it creates dopamine, you feel oxytocin, you feel connected to this person, then something happens and you're like, oh my God, and your heart. And then they subtly throw in some topic or theme while you're feeling that way. And then it affects you. Oh, it's a always the way. dead father and the, the most like intimate things that usually just like are automatically like, whoa, someone or, relates to me, someone gets me, you know? Or the couple in love during yeah. the bank heist. Yeah, you know, some fantasy. <laughs> or some some trauma for sure it's always just playing off of the trauma and i think that's what um is is most entertaining is to always experience witnessing other people's you know 
relation to trauma as well as your own because like we as humans are put through so much trauma since birth we're just kind of especially um i feel like in these days like you know where it's just like very controlled like there is no just natural i mean there is but it's far and few between where you even have someone born into the world and they're not cutting off foreskin and slapping a social security tattoo on their ass and just like (laughs) putting them in a line and forcing them to eat chopped carrots and pizza lunch you know at school <laughs> put them on dingers and then they go home and you know they they watch tv that's it you know or they stare at the screens kids these days too i mean they're five years old when they get their first iphone it's crazy so you take it away from it i mean they're really be before that they're you know they're playing with their their parents iphones at three. Oh no i know they're playing with the plan of mine too yeah right and they give them some screen time to watch stuff or even just play an, a, an app or play a game like a learning game uh, there's something about that just direct, whatever it is, the blue light, whatever it is, he's in the worst mood when you take it away oh, yeah. or like he yeah. wants it and you won't give it like, it's like never seen that child before. Mm-hmm. Completely different. It's, it's, a, it's, um, it's the breeding of the cyborgs. I mean, that's really what it is. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like getting people very acclimated to technology to a degree to where it's like it's not personalized like it is a piece of your extension like you if you do not have your cell phone on you feel like you just lost a limb you know like you are freaking out be like oh my god the dramatic effort of like if i lose my wallet compared to my cell phone is unbelievable you know of course really it's like because everything can be like you know in a way i feel like the wallet and all this stuff even though it's meant to connect you to society it's meant to bring you closer to like you know being almost like the idea of having money and all these things we don't feel that like we can go to all different kind of things and spend money and whatever and we just mm-hmm. feel like that was a waste of our efforts our time all together but if we just sit <laughs> and get a 7.99 hulu account and watch it and even you can get the free like you're saying the free trials and stuff and just take the advertisements i've done that for months just because um yeah i know that i'm in a place where i'm like i don't you know what might as well just avoid out I can't do it. Like I grew up driving a lot in the car with my family and my dad would always change the channel on the, when the commercial started on the radio, like there'd be music, classic rock, whatever. And then he'd change the station when there were commercials. But you ever go in the car with people that still listen to the radio and like, they don't change it when there's commercials oh, on and you're just driving along, listening to commercials and advertisements. I'm like this is still a thing. There's still humans on this planet that are listening to advertisements uh, because I don't know why zoned out, they don't care, but like, it's just there. It's well, filling the space, these commercials, the TV yeah. on in the kitchen all day, like just filling the space, filling the space. It's scary. We've lost silence. <laughs> yeah. Well, it uh, brings me to the hypocrisy I feel inside of me and the desire to <clears throat> create media knowing that it's it's probably not the best, you know, it, it could lead to a happier life, not paying too much attention to a screen and just, you know, focusing on each other and nature. Um, but what is this desire to, to create these and digital to stories and mm. to, to share and to be received? And is that a different form of detriment to, to not pay attention to that and, embrace and just embrace all these uh, negative aspects that we can plainly see 
with this relationship that we have to technology and uh, find this balance. That's what I, I would like to find in my life, this balance of, of technology and this, these strange entities that are, are feeding it to us for the most part uh, versus just being able to be a, a person that enjoys other people and nature. And that can be a, a very simple life filled with lots of joy but there's this desire to say, fuck that. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to enter this realm of so much upsetness towards YouTube for ruining endings of videos <laughs> and try to create this content that may or may not get ruined by YouTube. <laughs> it doesn't have to be YouTube. It Just doesn't have to be YouTube. Bring it to a different platform. That's, that's the lesson here. I was enjoying your platform. What happened with that? Where you are, we relaunched Perception Travel TV. Yeah. yeah was, was, I thought that was going to be the next Facebook. Still could be. I don't know what it is, but it's something. Have it's, you been on it recently? No. Because it looks like it's on YouTube. 2020, I think, was the last time I was on it. I was showing some. Oh, that was a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's cool too. Yeah. I like that one even more. If we can like make it an app, you just scroll around the yeah. world. And you could just you check out. I thought spot. that was really just mind blowing. Yeah, I think that'd be dope. But before that can even happen is you need people creating the right kind of content. So that's the stage we're in now is like, you got to create the movement for people just making content for the point of telling stories and being authentic and hopefully being uplifting. And wanting to share something that well, the platform you. will always draw, right? I mean, like I was thinking about like your idea with how you had it all set up, like the globe, and then you could actually like zoom in, and then almost like a Google Maps. And the closer you got, the more that the actual verse would like kind of change into different like layers, yeah. like almost like a Facebook, and then like also too just like oh, you know what I'm saying, you know, more networking, like within the actual realm of the app itself. Yeah, and then you could have like. Because that was a really fascinating app, and I was really... Um, this one. He's referring to Perceptions.live. Yeah, if you haven't seen this, check it out. It's yeah. unreal. So it's a map you zoom into, and there's a feed where you can explore eco and permaculture and collaboration and artists and musicians and learn stuff. And then, or instead of the feed, you just go somewhere, and you can just see what's going on there. Oh, now, imagine if you could zoom in. into a community yeah. and see the whole, you know, and click a button to uh, where you would pull up the... And then imagine everyone. when we have a virtual reality version of this where mm. all the stories are playing all around you in 360 while you zoom in uh, so you literally see a like a, a picture of the community yeah, right yeah. and you're like surrounded by it mm. i don't know how that could work other than vr you can make a montage video of it but it's not the same like you just step into the community and you see all the stories playing all around you and you just like grab one and walk into it mm. yeah so, might have to get the chip for that one, but unless a VR, you got the Oculus Pro or something. I always thought it would just be its own device, and yeah. it's almost like a video game that you play through reality. See, and that so. would be yeah a better way to interact with, like, because when I feel like to bringing gaming and social networking together, bring it to the streets. Yeah, like would be <laughs> walking would around, be playing insane. games, walking. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be really, yeah, it'd be really impeccable to see. Um, like I said, things be able to like morph and change into different different possibilities if you wanted to navigate it as a form of visual entertainment or just a form of message board or like form of connecting. Yeah, and just connecting. 
We thought of like an aspect that's like a Tinder for creative collaborations. Kind of like the Tinder for musicians. Mm-hmm. For musicians, right? Or it could be literally for anything. Just someone nearby who's bored, <laughs> who yeah. wants to hang out. And then, you know, depending on the, the focus of the app, then you meet for those purposes. So Tinder Plus. is. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as, as someone that traveled for a long time, Tinder was the only way ahead of like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And it's always under the tint of like, are we going to fuck? When in reality, it's like, maybe I'm not always looking for that. Well, maybe I am, but I'm also looking for... Hey, let's make a video together or let's go like hang out at the park or whatever. Let's make a substantial connection, which is what couchsurfing worked for that for a while. Yeah. But then they got all weird. So, uh, but yeah, imagine that's kind of another idea of a social movement where you use your phone and the technology to connect with someone to get together down the street and create something that the world can see out of you two just meeting, <laughs> seeing what happened. Mm-hmm. Normalize that shit. <laughs> all right are we done anything else to say this episode has been focused on the message so after all this what is the call to action what is the message that the viewers are hearing well to me it it revolves back to art being yeah what what do do we care about this art or or is it just rethinking existing art. existing to as a springboard for the next art? Yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Rethink your art. Mm-hmm. Professor Grayballs. <laughs> T-shirt. Rethink your music videos. Doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> but yeah, I think maybe that's the message. Rethink your art. Rethink mm-hmm. the art you consume, rather. Rethink the at least think about it at all. think about it what are these advertisements doing wasting the last three seconds of the video all right well thanks for listening appreciate your support thank you guys for coming on the professor grayballs video we might end up shooting a little pilot today Mm. we might not and um we're all going to be working on some fun creative stuff here at expression studio so check out polenia.online take care everyone Bye. Bye. Nice.